You are listening to a Strange and Beautiful Network Classics Collection episode. This episode was originally released under our parent podcast, Strange and Beautiful Book Club. Can you hear him? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's not picking up at all. Okay, cool. Um, but I was listening to him on my earbuds and then taking notes while I like kind of re-listened to the book. So I didn't get all the way through it typically like I normally do, but I think I have enough. I was yeah. like, I feel... It's, f- it's a pretty simple book. It is. Yeah. There's not like a ton that happens. I mean, there's a ah. lot of big things that happen, but right. there's not a lot of um, small, nuanced. nuanced, small things that yeah. we need to pick and what up what book on. are we reading? City of Nightmares. By Rebecca Schaefer. Yeah. Yeah, which I liked and you didn't. I On my second read, I don't, I need to, I'm so positive and optimistic about stuff. It's hard for me to say I don't like something. So if I didn't like it enough, I wouldn't have been able to get through it. I would have yeah. DNF'd it. Um, I finished it. So it, I don't think it's terrible. I just remember as I was reading through it, like, oh, I'm not enjoying this as much as I Enjoy some books. Yeah. So I kind of want to learn more about myself and why <laughs> I didn't really connect. I can relate to that. Y- like, yeah. That's like, how you feel about most things. Yeah. Like, hang on. Why didn't I like that? Yes. Yeah. And I'm learning how to pay attention to those things. So this book, I tried to think, like, what is it about this that feels that I'm not really as connecting to? Um. So what do you, do you want to, um, we have outlines. Rachel made us an outline, which is great. Yeah, we're going to start trying to follow the same sort of set of questions for each book so that our reviews kind of take on the same shape each time. Yeah, and we're not just going through each book. Which isn't to say we're not going to talk for three hours about sex again. Yeah. It could happen. Yeah, I was thinking maybe I don't like this because it's uh, sand smut, smut free. It could be, yeah. But I like, um. The other stuff. I feel like there's the possibility of smut in the second book. I don't know. Is it a young adult book? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. she They, they drop some F-bombs from time to time. They so. do. And we have kind of a corrupt setting. Very corrupt. Yeah. It was very... I couldn't tell if she was trying to be steampunk or not, which is... Or noir. Or noir. Because she had a very confusing setting. I... Thank you. That yeah. is my, I mean, if we want to go to what doesn't work for us. Yeah. Well, okay. So okay. first, welcome to the Strange and Beautiful Book Club, right? right. Hi, friends. Hi. Hi. Hello, pals. <laughs> yeah. Is it hot in here or is it just me tuning in to hear these three chatting about fantasy? If you know what I mean, are you happy to see us? Or is that a dagger? It's feast, sheep, shatter. It's feast, sheep, shatter. Uh, so how did we find this book? So I found it, I think it was recommended to me on Kindle. And I read this, the sample. And I was like, well, oh, I think I could pay $4.99 for that. Right. And so I did. Yeah. It's a cool premise. And you're yeah. you like horror too. Yeah. So that I totally get why this is a Rachel book. I um I thought it was a cool premise too. It's very fantastical. 
It gives in you a, a horror-y, horror-y way. Horror-y, horror-y way. way. <laughs> That's a hard word to say. It gives you a lot of possibilities because you can actually become the thing you fear the most. Yep. Anyone can become the thing they fear the most. And all you have to do is accidentally fall asleep and dream. Right. So nobody ever has nightmares or dreams in general. Or dreams in general. So they po- uh, poison. <laughs> they drug the water instead of fluoride. Yeah. They have a drug in the water that basically knocks people out, makes them sleep. Well, it makes you so you don't dream. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's not always been this way. This it's world, only been away for 100 years. 100 years. Yep. So I did like that there's no Christians. Did you pick up on that? Yep. There's no Christians because they didn't believe that it was actually happening. And so, so they all died out. So they refused to take the medication. So they all turned into their nightmares and died. Yep. That's yeah. cool. I mean, not <laughs> cool. It's really funny. It is what it is. I was like, wow, when was this written? Is this a commentary? It feels yeah. like a commentary. There's a lot of commentary in this book. Yes. A lot of social commentary. Yeah, which I, I think that's one of the things I enjoyed is the vampire character when he's talking about how. Sexuality. Sexuality and the idea, which is, of course, The vampire in general is always a play on sexual violence, which is why it can be such a nuanced and interesting thing to navigate when you actually accept the fact that um, consent and like the idea that you're not just eating a meal, you're not eating a hamburger, but your hamburger has to consent. Is it not going to consent? If it doesn't, do you get to eat it anyway? And he has a lot of commentary about that and the fact that his father sort of championed the idea of the romance of being attacked by a vampire and creating a, like, love story around it when really it's super toxic. Yeah, it's, um, for lack of a better word, sexual assault. Yeah. Which... Yeah, and his father went on, like, a milk campaign. Yeah. You know how they... They talked people into thinking eggs were bad for you and that milk was – everybody needed milk. These – you know, he spent millions of dollars on creating media. Yeah, like Twilight. Yeah. Yeah, where you had a – it was romanticized. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Parts of that felt a little heavy-handed. But it was interesting that she tackled it at all. Yeah, I – there were parts of that where – I would say it takes, it didn't take me out. I don't think I left the story, but I definitely went, oh, well, that's like, that's social commentary. Yeah. That is not as, that yeah. is like really intense for this book. Yeah. At no other time is there that much like intense, heavy Dialogue. toneness. Yeah. There's so much tone, like there was a, the tone shifted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's our first question? What was your first impression, your short hot take of the book? That I needed to discover why <clears throat> I didn't connect with this, the main character as much. I didn't, my first read through, I was like, Rachel, I didn't really like this book. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was excited. I was yeah. Like, yes. Yes. I didn't really like it. And I'm. But also, aw. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I read it. I finished it. It's easy to read. Yeah. Um, But I just didn't connect with this story the way I do other stories. Like, I don't know. I just get I get so intense when I like yeah. something, and I feel like the probably here's my short hot take. I is, think I feel like you. <laughs> you're like, why don't I like it? Yeah, <laughs> she. So maybe you're one of my 
problems with the main character, which maybe was your problem too, is she was fairly inconsistent as a character, which she at the very beginning is extremely cowardly and frightened, which it's fine. I'm happy. Like, okay, this is a good starting point. We're in a world where everyone's very heroic. And so we're not starting with the hero and that's fine. Now we get a journey for her, but she's literally on this boat and it explodes and she gets saved by this vampire, which she just a minute ago was threatening to expose and and get killed because people just kill nightmare for the most part unless you're a super benign nightmare people kill you like there's a whole group of people dedicated to killing you so she gets blown up thrown out gets hauled up onto this piece of debris and immediately she's joking with the vampire character because he says his name is Sai. she's like oh Sai, like oh Sai. that sounds like a bad name for a vampire and then okay this isn't the character we had 10, 10 paragraphs ago. This is an entirely different character. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that rings true. She, and she feels and inconsistent. cowardly. Yeah. I think that was the... So we're really lucky that we have all of these words these days that explain things very differently than the way they were perceived 20, 30 years ago. Like the word lazy. Mm -hmm. We know now that typically laziness is not just, oh, your character trait is lazy. Yeah. We know now that it's might be ADHD and you freeze and you get caught and you get stuck, you know? And Mm -hmm. that we have all these new terms. And I feel like a lot of this book was written with understanding of anxiety and trauma. Yeah. But then, so like in some way we get this person who's very damaged. Yeah. But it's not, there's no like her, at the beginning of it, her character, and it's all first person. Yeah. It feels more like two-dimensional. Does that make sense? Yeah. I can see where you're coming. Yes. I think because you can't fully connect with the character because you can't trust her to stay consistent. Yeah. So you can't embody that character because she doesn't always feel like the same person. Right. That It always took me out of it when she started having dialogue that didn't feel like the character we'd just been with. Because right. she is afraid of everything around her because she literally watched her sister turn into a giant spider and eat her father. Well, and I, you know what I think turned me off from her really early she break in Cindy's legs. She was like, oh, well, is Cindy on male duty? Not anymore. She, oh, hurt. Yes. she broke her ankles. I'm going to go break her ankles. Yeah, and we don't get a good example or we don't get a good idea of why she wanted to be on male duty because she's never been on male duty. But she is so adamant about it. She literally goes and hurts somebody. Uh, hurts somebody. To get it. Yeah. Which is, again, not the character we had at the very beginning. Like, are you a scaredy cat or are you someone that can do violence to others? Yeah. Like, I'm confused. Right. Who breaks somebody's ankles? I mean, I used to joke around about banging people's ankles together because that's a nightmare scenario. Did yeah. you ever see Misery? Yes. Hobbling. Ooh, is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. Blech! it's like that or the kirby from american history x yeah oh i can't even but that's how that's why i was like so one second so to me she was like not a good person right really early on oh you left your friend because you were so scared and now you're gonna break this 
woman who we don't really have a great explanation for why you don't like each other other than that you're so similar. Yeah. You don't like each other. And you're going to break her ankles to get on male duty? Because why did she need to be on male duty? I don't know. She just wanted to be. There was a reason, though. I yeah. just don't. Oh, because she wanted to be successful at something. She wanted to be useful. Well, it's because the, the author needed us on the boat. So everything that happens at the very beginning is effectively just to get us on the boat. Because I can tell you right now, Rebecca Schaefer wanted to write the vampire character. And the whole front was just, I don't want this from the point of view of the vampire character. I need another character. And I need a way to get her on the boat. Well, and I like Sai. Yeah, I like Sai because the author likes Sai. Yeah, I like Sai a lot. Yeah. And I don't really like Vanessa. I mean, I think she was redeeming towards the end once we kind of got... Um, once we started to kind of understand, I, 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 uh, no, I don't understand why she never asked. <laughs> like, oh, all lies. Yeah. I didn't like her at all. <laughs> never mind. At the very end when she has her revelation, well, I did like it from she, there on out. Why hadn't she spent any, I mean, I guess when you're in survival mode, you don't have the luxury of being self-reflective. I will benefit of the doubt that. But why hadn't she considered why her sister did that? Well, because nobody believed that nightmares are sentient. They, right. Yeah. So she was like, well, why are some of them sentient and some of them are not? And then she actually meets the creature that is turning people into their nightmares. Who I actually like, too. Yeah. I like him more than her. And him, he was like, I, that's not true. Everybody's aware when they become a when they become a nightmare. And she's like, well, no, because some people start killing people and some people are don't. And he's like, yeah, what's to say that some people don't want to kill people? And I'm just giving them the means to do it. Right. Have you seen Sandman or read the graphic novel? I started, Lee and I just discussed this, but I started Sandman. And then as soon as we got to the reveal of Sandman, his hair was so weird. I just couldn't handle it. It's it's just one of those. <laughs> just like, I've seen him in other stuff and he's fine. He looks fine and his hair is fine. But who the fuck decided this guy needed to look like he was getting ready for the prom in 2006? I think he might be drawn like that. Okay. I don't, I don't know. know. Well, I, I haven't read know. the comic either to that. Well, there's But a... I know Neil Gaiman did it. So. Yeah. Did yeah. you meet Corinthian? No. He's a guy with teeth for eyes? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the big bad in this book reminded me of Corinthian a lot. He's like a very charming serial killer. Ah. And I really... I like... I liked... Are, I liked the moments with the big bad guy a lot. Yeah. Those yeah. are like my favorite parts he, of the book. I felt like he and Cy redeemed the book for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I liked, I'm okay with an okay book. I yeah. don't need the book to be amazing. And I liked yeah. Vanessa because I felt like we had a lot of places to go with her. Sure. Um, but no, she's not my favorite female character. Yep. Um, I don't know. She acts fairly rationally more rationally than usual or it's like she'll run away from danger she's not like oh no there's danger i should probably go help Sai. she's like sai has got this it's fine it's fine like, yeah I'm, I'm gonna go and hide in the corner over right. here it's fine and i understood going through it more you understand where the like her hiding comes from but i just if she hadn't broken the ankles yeah i would have totally not been like what and circling back to what you were saying earlier about Rebecca Schaefer creating this universe, we had to assume a lot. Yeah. You know? Like, this is a Gotham City, right? It's 
more or less in like a 20s, 30s era type thing. She briefly describes places where you're like, okay, well, this sounds like it could be in this time period. And I haven't read a lot of steampunk stuff. So if there's a tone that matches that, I don't know it. But there certainly wasn't anything to describe that. And you find that that is, I think that was part of the writing that felt off to me. And I just didn't know how to describe it. You really weren't building a world for me. I think it's because we had no ignorant characters. So we had no character that needed something explained to them. Like in A Court of Thorns and Roses, Feyre is our audience stand-in for the majority of the book. She knows a little bit, but she needs a lot explained to her. And by virtue of that, we get a lot explained to us. So the setting gets gets filled in, all of the lines get colored because Feyre needs them colored. And if you don't have a character stand-in like that, there's really not a good way unless you can work it in she, which she kind of does, where she'll have these asides, where she sees Sai, and she realizes he's a vampire. And she's like, well, what kind of vampire is he? There's technically 12 or whatever different kinds. He could be this kind or that kind or that kind. And she kind of thinks it through in a way that a character might think it through. Right. Where you're like listing it off. But there's a limit to how much you can explain that way without it feeling like clunky exposition. And so I think that's why you never really get a good sense of the world she inhabits because she takes so much of the world for granted. And character wise, we can't explain it without it feeling um, clunky, without it feeling unreal or taking you out of the narrative. And so we end up with this no sense of place. She'll be walking somewhere, and I think she describes like there's a nightmare shaped like a gorilla. And he's, like, crushing this woman or yep, whatever. and then their blood bleeds together. Yeah, and you're like, okay, well, there's streets, but are they paved streets? There's, like, w- what world are we in? What time period are we in? What world are we in? Right. There's phones. And she's really poor, and she describes poverty kind of a lot without describing poverty. Yeah. And, you know, um, Vanessa's constant, um, sh- like, shock or being impressed by something nice and larger than a closet you know she describes priya's sister's apartment for four room apartment as like the nicest place she's ever seen yeah so we get the impact like it's almost like after a depression right era well i think she was going for have you ever seen dark city um i haven't seen it but i know of it yeah so in dark city the setting is deliberately anachronistic it's deliberately confusing because the whole it's supposed to create a confusing vibe for the entire movie and i think that's what the author was going for was this world that has been arrested in its development by the fact that people can literally wake up as monsters so a hundred years ago coherent development stopped ceased Right. And so the world has continued and in some ways grown and in some ways not. So in some ways we have created technology similar to our own technology like phones, but also like the train station had, it had a, like a, um, I can only think of the word dispenser, but that's not it. Like a um, coin operated 
food and beverage dispenser, which I can't think of the actual. Oh, vending machine. Vending machine. Thank yeah. you. It had a vending machine with chips. Right. In a sealed package. But everybody wears like 18th century waistcoats. Right, waistcoats, which and, are just vests. Yeah, and it had a train, but the train doesn't come through very often because at one point somebody built a bunch of trains, but nobody keeps them up. So, But the train was made of wood and metal, like an old school train, and it was like a steam engine. Yeah. So it was a very mismatch. And that, they were on the, tri- on the trip, the um, boat, and the boat was like a cruise ship. Because it had music and a yeah. bar and it, stuff. It was like Titanic-y. But it also had a boiler because the boiler exploded. Right. And you can have movies with sound. But I, it, that's why it ended up feeling kind of like a grab bag. You weren't sure what technology was going to be around what wasn't until she said it. And then as soon as she did, you were like, oh, does that fit? But then we've already moved on. Right. Like, yeah. the, I imagined the phone... That is in the room at the front as like a box with one of those receivers and you talk yeah. into it, you know? Yeah. So I, that, I think that was probably my biggest complaint was I never got a sense of the world we inhabited, the world we lived in. Yeah. Another thing, and I'm going to, I don't know if you noticed this too, but she does this thing where she, Rebecca Shaver is a white woman. Yeah. And she does this thing where she's really inconsistent about the way that she describes her characters. Like, sometimes she's like, this is a white woman. This is a black man. Oh, yeah. This is a white woman. And then later on, she'll just describe their appearance, like Sarah J. Masswood or another author might do, where they describe a skin tone versus being very adamant about, this is a white man with a beard. Yeah. And I found that really strange, too. Yeah, the white and black took me out of it. And, like, instead of she had pale skin, it was, this is a white lady. This is a black man. That's a black man. And I was like, oh, okay. Because we never got a good description of our main character. Or whether that's, an like, the, the need for that description in this universe felt really weird to me. Like, are we in a fantasy world? Or is this... Another social commentary thing. Yeah. Like, are you trying to... I, that just felt... I didn't understand what her goal was. Because she doesn't do it all the time. Right. You know, like when we meet... Um, when we get a description of... Sai. I don't think she, like, blatantly says it. When we get a description of Sai's best friend, we don't get a blatant right. race, you know, or what their color is we just it it just was really off and it took me out and i was like is that a writing thing like what i don't know are you texting no i am looking up to see if this was her first book oh okay that makes sense are you not paying attention no 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 no, i was like what's going on tell me i was trying to (laughs) i was trying to decide are you texting we're busy probably not texting um i'm trying to decide (laughs) is this a thing where she this is her first book and that's why we're so inconsistent. No, because she's it- written a series before that other people I read through some of the reviews and they said that she's written another series that people liked. And not even Bones. But I yeah, I'm I'm glad you noticed that too, because I was like, why is she making it so overt? Like, what's the point? Does that matter in this universe? Because when you describe you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's like why why are you What's the yeah, point it was, of that? It felt jarring because yeah. I, when the first time she described somebody as black, I was like, oh, is she a, a, 
black author, because often authors like who are white will not use specific terms for that because it's a minefield. Yeah. And you have no idea how it's going to age if you use those kinds of language. Oh, 100%. If I say you have like a, a, like chestnut colored skin or mahogany colored skin. Well, like the way that um, our girl Martha does. Yeah. In, in uh, Murderbot. Yeah. Where he's like medium brown, dark brown, light brown. I don't know. Yeah. The, the, the common brown. Like yeah. he just has a, a range or it just has a range of skin tones it uses words for. Right. Yeah. And it's oh, it's very consistent. Yeah. You know, and we get this like post matrix society where basically, you know, everyone is there, you know, everyone has darker complexions. Yeah. They have, you know, so yeah, I thought that was really strange too. I'm glad that that took you out. And when I, when she did that, it made me go, oh, what? Why? This may be related to the character inconsistency. The fact that the character herself felt inconsistent. And so even her language, the language she uses to describe things is very inconsistent. Yeah, her voice changes. Yeah, her voice changes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think because this book is about Psy and that's that's what she wrote about. That's my take on it. I almost wonder who edited it because wouldn't you catch that? The disconnect or the inconsistencies and go back and rewrite the characters to match throughout, you know? Yeah. Did this just come out? This didn't just come out. I think it did. 2023. Yeah. No, it's a new book. Like January 2023. I know. That's why I was like, oh, it's a new book. Oh. The best way for us to do podcasts about books that no one else has done is to do the new ones. Do the new ones. We've done two new ones. Ah, it's because we're trendsetters. (laughs) Instagram told me so. <laughs> you hear that? Yep. All 63 followers. <laughs> yeah. All transcendent. Yeah. 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 But I I think what I was in love with with this book was the the idea, the fundamental idea of yeah. it. The idea that because this opens up everything. And she took us to a lot of different places with this. With it, because a lot of times a character, an author will come up with this really fascinating idea, and then they just don't play with the boundaries of it. And literally, people can become a plague. You can become anything. A worm. You can become whatever is your greatest fear. That's what you can become. Yeah. What would you be? We, I think we kind of talked about this before, but yeah. what would you become? You were like, oh, a man made something under deep water. <laughs> yeah, would you? Is that what you would become? I have no idea. Like, what if you became like a giant sunken ship? Wow. You could do that in this world. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you would become, a sunken ship. A sentient sunken ship. I would become a lonely old lady with lots of cats. That's your greatest fear? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I have to think No about dog, it. just cats. Yeah, and no litter boxes. Ooh. An inability to change the look. Oh, okay. See, there you go. Now it's everyone's greatest fear. I mean, I, I mean, being, yeah, I mean, being alone is very scary to me, but it's fine. <laughs> but it's okay. No, I'm fine, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore, but I'm I mean, totally I don't know. okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think the things that scare me the most, I'm not normally scared. Like, if I watch a horror movie, I don't enjoy horror because I don't like being scared. Yeah. So I don't really have fears other than the constant chaos and anxiety that lives in me. My poor little dog. He's, I don't know if you guys can hear him, but he's he's having a tough time. He's okay. 
He'll yeah. be fine. He'll be all right. He'll be okay. He's fine. No. Um, <laughs> Little baby. I think it's interesting we don't talk about what Ness is most afraid of. We get very close to her being transformed. He's like, I'm going to transform you into your greatest fear, which is when Sai wakes her up. Right. But we don't ever really talk about what she would become. Well, and the thing is, they 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 flag her for to be turned into her nightmare. Yeah. They are literally doing experiment. They are taking people and intentionally having them turned into their nightmare because they think they're going to get a specific type of nightmare. Yeah. And because she is scared of nightmares themselves, she's flagged. Yeah. Because they want to see what happens if you are if your biggest fear is a nightmare itself. Yeah, what do you become? Right. Yeah. And we don't get that, which is a huge mystery. Yeah. Um but yeah, I liked our our phantom guy. Yeah, the nightmare guy. Yeah, nightmare guy was cool. He's charming. And I liked Sai. I like Sai a lot. And I like the fact that his greatest fear wasn't becoming a vampire. It was becoming his father. It was becoming his father. Who was a vampire. Who was a vampire. And in essence, he got to um be a good vampire. I like the idea of a like Yeah. A vampire with character and integrity. Yeah, he got to sort of flip the trope for himself. Right. He get, it gave him the opportunity to realize that given the chance to be just like his father, he wouldn't be. Right. Because we find out that the person turning everybody into nightmares thinks they're giving everybody a gift. Because yeah. they're giving them the chance to become the thing they're most afraid of. They're giving them all the power. Right. And <clears throat> Sai is most afraid that if he was, if he had the opportunities his father did, he'd become like his father. Right. Do you want to go out there? No, I think he's okay. He's okay. I feel like if I go out there, it'll just... Um, so I always like to go themes. What were some of our themes? Our themes? Our themes. I just felt like an English teacher. I was like, what kind of themes and symbolism do we find in this book? Well, something that I need to say is that if you are part of a community and every person outside of that community is constantly calling it a cult, you need to stop... And think about it. And reflect. And reflect. Well, I think our theme for Vanessa is a total lack of reflection. Yeah, and that's that's very typical of people who are yeah. surviving and traumatized. Yeah, where she is very much not about analyzing her life. Right, and asking any kind of questions at all. No, she's found her groove. She knows she's found her lane. She just wants to stay in her lane. Yeah. Well... I mean, and I I tried to, I, I gave it more benefit of the doubt. I gave it more space the second read through and was like, okay, okay. Sorry if you can hear my little dog. He's really okay. I promise. He needs to, he's a puppy. He needs to learn how to. He has treats and toys. Treats and, and he's toys. Warm he's warm. And... He just needs to learn how yeah. to settle. And it's hard. Anybody who's had a stubborn little dog knows it's hard. So if you can hear him, I promise you he's okay. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, I, you know, give her more credit. But I think, thank you so much for helping me understand what I didn't like about this book. <laughs> it really is the inconsistencies and yeah. just, yeah. You, you want a voice you can trust. If you're going to give me a first person, a single point of view. Like constantly in her head. Yeah. If you're only in the single point of view character, that point of view needs to be 
on fucking point. Right. Like, if you want me to completely immerse myself in this book, I need to be able to trust this voice. Mm-hmm. And I've, I, I, again, I think I was so enamored with the idea. Yeah. And I and so, like, sigh. I was willing to just be like, you know what? To me, this felt like a beach read horror. Yeah. Like, if there's a horror that's if, close to, me, to a beach like a read. it felt like a Colleen Hoover book. You're like, oh, it's good. it was good. It yeah. Was, it was entertaining. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. I got through it really fast. I did want to know what was happening. I didn't feel super challenged, but that was okay. I was totally fine with that. If I have the opportunity to read the sequel, I will. Yeah. I'm not opposed to that. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, but am I picking this up as like a, oh, God, I want a meaty book to read that I can really just sit back and steep in? It's not this book. Mm -mm. And, I mean, that's fine. It's like the same thing I always say about movies. Not every movie needs to be, like, Oscar quality. I love that you said that. I've really been thinking a lot about the the movies that I like to watch over and over and over again, and they tend to be terrible. Like, not terrible, but... The movies that I enjoy the most are, like, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. I've watched it four times since it came on HBO two weeks ago. There's something about that story, the sci-fi fantasy Groundhog's Day. Yeah. That is just, I can watch it over and over again. And that's so rare for me. Yeah. Or Pacific Rim. Yeah, Another movie that I love. Entertaining. The story's good. The stakes are high. And I'm like, who am I? I feel embarrassed to talk to they my They probably boy. end happy. They do. Yeah. So you're like, this makes me feel good. I feel entertained Top when I walk Maverick away. And so happy. Yeah. I know. And that's really what it is. I think I like big budget movies that end happy that the stakes are really big. Yeah. Another movie I could watch over and over again, Free Guy. Oh, Free Guy's really funny. It's so funny. Yeah, it's good. We get caught up because our movies are now so reliant on making their money in the theater. Because the the secondary market's gone, right? It's, yeah, they're we, working on it. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are working on it. Yeah, we haven't figured it out. We haven't figured out how to monetize the secondary market in the way that DVDs and video, right. home video, used to monetize the secondary right. market. And so when we put these movies out, they've got a bang, make their money in the theater. Right. And so you get a lot of these movies that are like, every single movie has to be the next highest grossing movie that has ever come out in theaters, ever. Right. And so we really lose out on that. I'm just going to make a good movie that I love. Yeah. And I feel like you can tell when the people in the movie and the people who created the movie loved the movie. Yeah. And loved making it. Yeah. You know, and we might lose one of our five listeners, but you know what movie I hated? You know what? I'm not a cinephile. And you know what movie I hated? And I just don't, I can't like it. 2001 Space Odyssey. I'm sorry. I know it's a great film. I know it's one of the best movies. I wouldn't say it's a great film. It is so. (sighs) Okay, so this is another example of a movie that's not good because it's a good movie. It's a good movie because we were breaking a lot of new ground. Yeah. And that's it. it. It's watchable? Not. Not watchable. (laughs) Not rewatchable. Not. mm -mm. Is it watchable? (laughs) Wait, what did you just say? You said it's watchable. Not. Not. (laughs) Not. I I owned it. I have seen it. Because you were probably a cinephile at one point in your early mid-20s. I just enjoyed finding movies that, new movies. I like new content. I like, to an extent, I enjoy 
new old content. Yeah, new old stuff. Um, yeah. I liked I liked to find new things. I liked to go to my DVD section at my favorite DVD store. Right. And be like, oh, I've never seen this one before. I'm gonna take it home and watch it. And maybe I'll watch it with a friend, and we'll make fun of it the entire time. It'll right. be really great. I think if you are on a hallucinatory substance, perhaps 2001: A Space Odyssey is infinitely rewatchable. But if you're a sane, sober individual trying to sit through what is like five fucking hours of I don't even know what, no, no, it's not. It's not. But it is in that it paves the way for what comes next. Sure, sure. And that's. I mean, I guess. Well, and to me, it's like I'm. I'm like, okay, this movie is supposed to be brilliant. And I'm like, do I see the brilliance? Am I capable of seeing the brilliance? Do I even understand what's this happening? This is when you have to put on your, it's, it's like, 1968. Yeah. We haven't even been to the moon. And this movie comes out. Is that true? Yeah. It came out before we went to the moon? Yes. Oh, that makes a big, huge difference. And right. then the baby in space. Yeah. So, okay. So you you literally, we haven't even, we haven't even made it to space yet. And literally these people are making this thing where in the way that they could make it at the time, you believe you're on a space station or yeah, you that's believe true. you're traveling to and space. And it was very like, yeah, okay. That, yeah. Thank you. You just have to scoop it out oh, and put it. a little <laughs> put it back in its context right right yeah. right right but as a movie now i appreciate it because of what it is i don't appreciate it as a movie because especially in the 70s the pacing was so much different from the movies that we watch now well yeah it's yeah my my parents both of them watch a lot of old movies yeah a lot a lot like that's always what's on and i will sit there and just be like yeah. It's so slow. They're so slow. So in the 50s, like 30s, 40s, 50s, we really get a lot of these. We are taking what used to be on the stage and, and now we're putting screen. it on the screen. Right. You get the same transitions with the, like the light that goes in and out. Yes. You get It feels like a stage play. Right. The way it's filmed feels like right. there's a static camera. People are coming in and out of stage left and right. Feels like it. And stage plays are a known entity. We knew how to keep people entertained with stage plays. That's why the like 30s, 40s, 50s movies, great. Still entertaining. And for the most part, 60s movies too. But once you get into the 70s where you really get movies are becoming a form of entertainment in their own right. We're no longer attempting to model the stage. We're attempting to create the movie. Right. The movie as just the movie. And so the pacing is impossible. It's so hard to watch because so many of them are so slow. Yeah. And then we get into the late 70s, early 80s, where we're really like, okay, we're getting it. This These movies were good. They hit. Why did they hit? Well, they're a little faster. Cool. Let's speed it up a little bit more. Let's put in a little bit more. Let's change up the camera angles. Let's not have these long, drawn-out scenes. And so you really get the evolution of cinema through the early 80s. And then by the time we hit, like, mid-90s and on, we've really started hitting, like, the movie, the movie, as we think of the movie now. And I think we're in another transitional oh, stage. Oh, 100%. Because you know what I would rather do? Watch 10 hours of a television, a good television show. Yeah. Do not make my favorite book unless it is a short story into a two-hour movie. Yeah. Imagine, well, you're, I don't know how you felt about Harry Potter, but imagine if that series was an HBO seven-season seven series. Yeah. And the amount of content. You could and, put in there. In 20 years, we might get that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's shifting a lot. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, you'll see the memes about, I... I can't find a two-hour movie, but I will definitely... I won't watch that two-hour movie, but I will definitely watch 10 hours of the show. Yes, yeah. 
And I love a slow burn show. Like I can watch a slow burn, right. a, a show that's a slow burn. Yeah. But a movie. And I think movies are struggling to find their place. Yeah. In this world where we're pumping so much money into the small screen. Well, and the stories can shift. Like we don't <clears throat> need, like I can think of so many movies now that would be better as a 10 hour series. Yeah. A limited series. And it's sad when you get to see like a, a lot of the, uh, like imagine Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Revisioned as a a seasonal 10-hour, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that's what Amazon's trying to do with the new LOTR stuff. Yeah. But, you know, now they're having to kind of, like, create their own stories because, this, you know, Peter Jackson's movies are Are amazing. done and can't perfect. be redone. Yeah. yeah done and dusted. You can't. You can't beat them. No. Yeah. But maybe in 20 years. But I don't know. No, probably not because they're no, too. They're iconic. Yep. Yeah. But think about like, God, you know, when we get it, we're gonna get it. When a quarter thorn and roses and Sarah J. Mass's universe hits a a television show, if it is done well, in my mind, it could be like if you really did it well, you could have a like a somewhat female centered mcu yeah like if you if you did it if you really went for it you could really create something incredible yeah if you're willing to let the female characters be who they are yeah 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 and and build on it because she's putting out anyways that's just how much i like that stuff but (laughs) i might be dreaming we've never seen it done before no we'll see there's always the possibility yeah so we got here from themes right yeah (laughs) (laughs) Which so the biggest fear, the biggest theme of the book is fear. Fear, yeah, yeah, obviously, because right. it's about nightmares and fear and sort of what fear means and what becoming your fear means. Yeah, and we get our main character who's riddled with anxiety and yeah. trauma from her sister becoming this giant ar- arachnophobia monster, yeah. a spider. Yeah, um, <laughs> spider. What arachnid? <laughs> no, spider. Oh, okay. <laughs> to reverse engineer that language (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you know it i mean it's all about fear and some of it's really cool some of the stuff that um the like let's focus on the part that is good the nightmare stuff yeah there's parts where she's like talking about some of the what's the agency that um petra is that her name yeah i can't remember priya 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 that Priya wants to join. What's that agency called? It's just like the Nightmare Killing Guild or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that, but we'll call it that. The, the NKG. Uh, <laughs> we'll call it the NKG for yeah, all intents, yeah, yeah, pur- intents and purposes. Intensive purposes? Intensive purposes. Intense and purposes. I know. I said it yeah. correct the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't, but I looked at you to make sure. I gave her the like, did I say that right? That's the, there's a Reddit where it's about that. Like people who use the Intensive. idioms incorrectly. <laughs> Intensive purposes. Yeah. All intents and purpose. Says, yeah. Says, yeah. Um, wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> the NKG. I got two. The NKG. The NKG. Yeah. So there's this part in the book where the, she's talking about all the famous NKG uh, special agents, we'll call them. Yeah. And um, she's talking about the things that they stopped. Like one guy killed this like water dragon. One guy stopped the um, the dinosaur stampede. Somebody yeah. did the... And that was kind of cool to think of all the ways the nightmares had um, 
you know, attacked people. Yeah, and all the different ways they've with. manifested. Right. Yeah. Yep. Another thing I, I feel is unbelievable in this fantasy book is the the lack of research done on this uh, phantom, nightmare phantom. Yeah, the fact that everybody, every time she mentions it, people are like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. And that I, guy. But, but people, like, aren't putting it together. Right. Like, okay, that's a real Well, thing. nobody's dreaming, so nobody's seeing him. And yeah. when you do see him, you become a nightmare, and they're just killing those people. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll give him that. I guess. Yeah. 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 Corinthian. That's who he reminds me of. <laughs> I want to see where we go with him in the second book. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah. And who put him there? We don't know. Oh, We right. don't know who did any of that. We. But there's a... Isn't there a historical story of... Wasn't there like a, a story in it where they talk about something that happened a hundred years ago? There was. There's like a religious something. Hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I remember it. I can't tell you. You do. I, I can't tell I can't you what tell, it is. I can't tell you what it is, but I remember being like, oh, I bet this is what's actually happening. Yeah, I'm but sure we'll like, revisit it. Yeah, there's like a painting or something. Yeah, she did a good job of... People are probably like, did y'all read the book? I yes, read the book. I did. <laughs> well, she did a good job of kind of... Um, weaving in a mystery without you even realizing it was a mystery. Right. Making the main character feel really sure about things that she was actually not sure about. Right. So at the well, very I was, end... I knew it was a mystery. I was like, wait, wait, can we talk about that some more? Well, at the very end, we, like, clip all yeah. the threads all at once. It's right. like, well, maybe your sister wasn't a bad guy, and maybe she wasn't actually going to the school, and maybe the Nightmare Killing Guild isn't actually responsible for trying to kill you, and yeah. maybe, like, hey, you thought you made all these assumptions... And guess what? They were all incorrect. Right. Yes. That's another thing, too, that I struggle with when I'm reading a a book like this. When it's one person's monologue. Yeah. Inner narrative constantly. When they, like, so often in a book, they jump to a conclusion or they go to a point where it's like, oh, well, this is what's happening. And we are just supposed to believe it. Yeah, because you don't get anything else. Because you've yeah. only got them. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just supposed to think that. But to me, it almost feels like, but if you get to change it at any point, it's almost like, what? Like, I don't know. I'll I'll give you, the next time I'm reading a book where I see it happen again, I'll, Sarah J. Mass does it a couple times where she's just like giving us this thing. And she's, that's it. Yeah. We're there now. Yeah. That's what's happening. They made this assumption, and that's that's the truth. Yeah, my sister killed my dad because she was a man. She was a man eating spider, and if she had found me, she'd have eaten me too. But she didn't look for me or try to find me in any way. She just left. But I'm pretty sure she would have killed me until the very end when she's like, "Hang on, why didn't she kill me?" Yeah, because she didn't want to. She's yeah. your sister. Yeah, yeah, because your sister did that to save you. Yeah, because and she knew there was no other way to get around your. Your dad dad. selling you, which was another anachronistic thing. The selling your child and that's somehow okay and it happens. It felt very Victorian England. Like I can send my kid to the workhouse because I can't afford them. But at the same time. That's that's that was just another thing where the setting was too inconsistent. And I don't, I think she was trying to leave it extremely open for us because it leaves her extremely open to be able to create, to build on that. 
Because she hasn't watched, she hasn't written herself into a corner in any way. Yeah. That, yeah, maybe. Or maybe she's just not, she's still working at writing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that That's what our next question was, was just like, would you read more from this author? And I think I would. I think I would want to know, is this how she writes or is this this series? Right. Yeah. I don't think I would reach for her, but I will read the next book. Yeah. And if you want us to read another one, I will. But I don't, I'm not, well, that's not true either. I'm not one to typically reach for another author, but that's not true. Because there are authors that, like, if they write a book, I'm going to read it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I I hear you, but I don't think I would. Oh, you can probably hear that. Yeah, that one he's I think getting, he's picking up. He's escalating. Yeah. Oh, my sweet baby. Well, we can wrap it up here. Yeah. I mean, all right. What else? How we wrap up? Will we read it again? <laughs> City of Nightmares. City of Nightmares. Oh no, no! I said, would we read it? Again? Would we <laughs> oh, read another one? Would we, would we read again? One. What book are we talking about? I was like, oh, What's next week? Is this? I think I want to try her other series. Okay. Because I want to find out if this is how she writes. Okay. I always like to give a, an author one more shot. Sure. Um, if I liked it well enough to finish the first one, if I just DNF'd the book. I generally won't give the author another shot. But if I was so, if it was the characters I thought, the characters that I liked were good enough to get me through the book. Sure. So I'd love to know what she's like in other series. Okay. Well, let's do another one. We don't have to do another one right away. I think next we're going to finish up Murderbot. Um, okay. So don't be messing with me. I saw your story the other night where you said. <laughs> and I was going to say maybe after that we should start. What is the next one? Well, Throne of Glass? That's the Finnish series. Uh, okay, Rachel. Okay. <laughs> if you, Rach, Rach, Throne of Glass has eight books. We can handle that. I can handle it, no doubt. <laughs> I read up to like book 12 of the Dresden Files. So. Like, I am so about Throne of Glass. I've only read it through once. I just finished reading Crescent City, which is the... Um, I just finished reading Crescent City, which is the book that comes after Akatar, uh, twice. I just listened to it. No speed. Hi. I I just I I loved it. I I listened to it on one. Yeah. I didn't speed it up, and nice. I wrote down all the chapters that I will re-listen to as I'm going to sleep. I really am invested. I'm really invested in that universe. In the Crescent City universe, or Sarah J. Mass in general. In general. Yeah. I think we need to I we need to do a throne of glass read through. Yeah. I'm definitely I don't have to buy any more books. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> Let's just we'll finish up Murderbot. Yes. So you read my Y'all hear that? My favorite series and then we'll go back to your Okay. Yours. And then you even did a little interlude. We did City of Nightmares. And we can always do a small book in between. Can we? Yeah. Or are we in it once we're in it? That's up to you. I don't want to stress you out. Now, do I think you're going to like the Throne of Glass books enough to, like, read them really quickly and get burned out? I don't think you'll get burned out. They, it's a story, a complete eight books. It's great. I have them all. I, I really like them. Um, I'm really excited for us. <laughs> we'll read them. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then by the time we get through that and we can... Throw in little other books from here to there. Well, we're going to have to pause somewhere and do our um, The Serpent and the Wings of Night. Yeah. When that comes out, we'll pause. Yeah. But in and, the meantime, uh, we can just 
tackle. Yeah, or class. if you see something else, add it to the list. Yeah. Sometimes I add um, movies to y'all's list. That's fine. Please do. It's so funny. <laughs> I, I added something the other day, and then I texted her about it and was like, have you seen this? And she was like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> District 9. Yeah, I like District 9. I think that movie is so underrated. I like that actor. Yeah. That South African actor. And Peter Jackson did it. It is so... I just don't feel like... It's one of those really great movies that I just don't feel like got enough yeah. credit. Yeah, it didn't. And they set it up for a sequel. And, and it, never it never happened. happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just a really cool story. And it's really well done. And I it's think like it's because it's one of those ones docu-series. where... We were using... Thank you, Henry. We were using... Um, Science seat, fiction world. Right. To have a commentary on real worlds. Right. Because it feels very similar to Enemy Mine, which we just did, where it's like, I have a ingrained set of prejudices towards this group. I've literally never interacted enough with this group to know whether these prejudices are correct or not. I've just assumed they are. Yeah. And then as soon as I'm exposed to... A situation where I have to gain a deeper understanding of it, I realize, oh, it was completely different than what I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I, I don't know. I was just I in pondering the movies that I have learned that I like the most to rewatch. That's one of them. Like, I can just rewatch it. Yeah. Um. So I was trying to. What else did I? Oh, I added. But sometimes I'll want to add a movie and it'll already be there. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. That's why we're simpatico. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, and then I've got hey, okay, puppy cameo today. Hi, sweet boy. Oh, my toes. Okay. Um, but sorry, he's Rachel's oh, he's like fine. I hate dogs. No, I am not. That's I just, hate dogs. That's just my face. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I always feel I I have a really good friend that every time. Henry goes to their house with me. I'm like, you hate him, don't you? And he's like, no, not at all. I'm like, but nobody loves him as much as I do. Well, that's probably true. I have the sweetest bond with this little dog. Anyways, um, yeah, I love when I see a movie or come across a movie and I go to add it to the list and it's already there. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So we'll tackle next week. We'll be We're Murderbot. We're going to finish Murderbot. Yeah, because you'll like this last one. It's yeah, standalone. I'm really excited. It's not one of those ones where we've had to keep up with a lot of plot from novella to novella. It's just a standalone. Yeah, and I, I'm sorry I wasn't able. I feel like we went a week. We did. We we went two it's weeks. Fine. It's our pod. We did what we want. I know, but it felt empty inside. I know. I, I just, didn't have as much to edit. I know. Yeah. You were like, what am I going to do with myself? I know. You do your own standalone show. I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, nobody wants to Here's just listen. Pu- I do. I do. What, me talk about stuff? Just, <laughs> just me? Hi, guys. It's Rachel. I'm going to talk about this book. I'm going to talk about it. Just me. Yeah. You want to come up? I don't think you're going to come with me again. You're a little distracting. People might think that we were trying to hurt you in the background. Looking at me like, Mom. <gasps> no. Anyways, um, we'll have to have a Penny episode, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Penny wants to be on it. We'll get that worked out. Yeah. And you're... Playing Dungeons and Dragons tonight? Yeah. Well, we can just sign off here. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for listening. I'm glad to be back. We have some exciting stuff coming up. Yes. We're going to go through the whole Throne of Glass series. There's eight of those books. Rachel, it's going to be like, I'm going to make sure that I am the Stan fan. And then as Rachel's <laughs> like, meh, 
I like this part. I didn't like this part. It's going to be great. Yeah. So um, I could fall in love with it. You never know. I think you're going to really like them. They're yeah. just books. But they're great characters. It's another, hey, hey, hey. It's another one of those books where you, you'll get, to, I'm excited for you to see the similarities in her heroines. Yeah. And their hot-headedness. And their mm. stub, they're stubborn almost to the point of stupidity, stupidity. But then they do this thing. All of her female characters do this thing where they surprise you with something brilliant. Yeah. Like always. They're like, oh, by the way, I was planning this the whole time, so. But I'm really stoked about listening to it again. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Awesome. Okay. Well, I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you. So until next time, friends. Okay, bye. 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 Is it hot in here or is it just me tuning in to hear these three? Chatting about fantasy novels of the spicy variety. Not your average book club, if you know what I mean. Are you happy to see us? Or is that a dagger? It's feast, sheep, shatter. It's feast, sheep, shatter. Let people, uh, you can edit out. If you hear Henry, my dog's here today. He's in a crate outside. So if you hear his noise, I don't think he could even pick that up. Well, we'll find out. Of course he stopped making noise. Yeah, of course. I just wanted to see if he got a green line. Okay. Did you see that I started a Google sheet? Did you start your own Google sheet? For this book. Oh. Did you share it with me? I think so. I have our outline that I made up. I copied it and then gave it the... um. I think my um, headphones are a little too loud. Too loud? Is there a way to turn them down? Is that better? Uh, Is yeah, that that's better? better. Okay. Okay, cool. I was like yelling in my face, in my ears. <laughs> I can hear myself too much. <laughs> <laughs> too much. Um. Yeah, so I... Let me pull it up. Yeah, I just was listening to it while I was uh, moderating a class this morning. It's kind of, um, yeah. That's an interesting um, dual thing to do. Because I guess you're just watching the class. Yep. I don't have, and the majority of it, I don't have to really pay attention to. The only thing I have to look at is like a number. And then when there's breaks. Yeah. Because you just have to make sure they're staying the entire. Yeah. Is it hours? Uh, Yeah. It's um, 9 to 8.30 to 2.30. Yeah. But they have to be there for the whole time. Right. Yes. They have like attendance hours. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have to deduce their minutes if they miss. Uh, I don't think they realize how like acute I am at watching them. <laughs> if they come back a minute late, a minute comes off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how else to do it. Besides, I'm not going to guesstimate their time. So No. You're um, doing your job. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was so I was listening to this on my earbuds while. You are listening to a Strange and Beautiful Network podcast a network of shows focusing on unscripted discussions that promote positive but honest engagement with all the weird and wonderful topics that make our hearts happy. I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude to all our listeners. Your continuous support and engagement mean the world to us. So if you're enjoying the show, make sure to spread the love. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Strange and Beautiful Network 
to stay updated on the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes peaks, and exclusive content from all our shows. You can also find additional ways to support this show on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash strangeandbeautifulnetwork. By becoming a patron, you'll gain access to bonus episodes, early releases, our Discord channel, and other exciting perks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.